Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Todd Stashwick, and you are watching Trek Culture. Welcome to this week's edition of the Trek Culture Podcast. As ever, we are hosting myself being Sean and my wonderful, very full of life friend, Tom. How are you, Tom? Are you well? Uh, Better than normal, I see. <laughs> uh, we are delighted to welcome back our colleague and friend, Mick Jost. Mick, how are you getting on? I'm getting on, I guess. <laughs> I'm just regular American, unfamiliar with the slang, but I think that's good. So, yeah, I think we're doing all right. Cool. It, it was uh, this is such a sidebar. Um, it was only that I've spent a lot of time around your countrymen uh, of recent years, and I realized like all of our sayings are so colloquial until you step a second outside of like you know, like you know, oh, I'm talking to Irishman, talking to an Irish person. Ah, how are you getting on? Getting on what? what? <laughs> right. I didn't have to think about what this means before. It just means how are you getting on? You know. For sure. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. No. I think generally the getting is on. Uh, as they would say, things are going well. I like that. They, there you go. You need no nothing more specific than that. That'll do. I'm going to go full like diddly irie uh, in this one. Uh, <laughs> and it, it will match. I know you can't see Tom right now, but Tom is actually resembling a full leprechaun. Uh, so yeah. it's just getting in the spirit of we are uh, recording this on the bank holiday Monday of St. Bridget's Day. So, uh, yeah, which I'm sure I can see in both of your eyes, just the absolute recognition straight away of what that means. Uh, but that's <laughs> no, no idea. <laughs> Come on, Sean, let's talk about the crack. Yeah, well, <laughs> what's the crack with those Saturn Awards last night, eh? For over two centuries... You're listening to the Federation News Network. Uh, well, we were, I suppose, because we're all in different time zones, we're all waking up or have been awake to the news of the Saturn Awards last night where Star Trek absolutely dominated the night. Right, yeah, no. they. I mean, how many was it total? I know Terry Metalis won, Jonathan Frakes won, Jerry Ryan won. Um, so we got... So best sci-fi series, best actor, best supporting actor, best supporting actress, best guest star, 
Lifetime Achievement. Um, so they're the wins, the nominations then. So there's within those categories, there's more nominations. And Lower Decks was nominated for Animated Series. And, and actually, th this is one that's probably not going to get talked about as much, but I really want to highlight. Best Home 4K Presentation nominated Star Trek The Motion Picture Director's Edition. And I really want to give a shout out to that because I bought that and I want to, you know, I want people to know about that. Yeah, no, that was, I mean, you know, if ever there was a 4K Director's Edition that should win an award, that was definitely one that I felt was worthy. Uh, I, I, I totally like we, we were talking about this. I, I did a, a short news video before this with Ellie. Um, so everyone, if you haven't watched that yet, we have a, a longer breakdown of the awards. Uh, but we talk about like, that's how the film should be seen. Like, we did an ups and downs of it when it, when the release came out. Like it, it looks fabulous. Don't watch it while driving uh, or operating heavy machinery of any kind. But it looks amazing. That was actually the first time I saw it. And then I watched the older one and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back to the, the restoration. Yeah. Yeah. And and you can even say that. No, 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 that's how they always intended it to look. It's not like they've done a big, massive change or anything. Just, you know, they 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 were running before they could walk in 1979. You know, so the physical effects look amazing. And thank God technology caught up with the rest of us. <laughs> sure. But yes, to go back, sorry, to go back slightly to to the awards. Um, I mean, this is this is. Big news for Star Trek to do so well um, at these awards. Hopefully, of course, you knew it was coming. Might reignite interest on the Paramount side for Star Trek Legacy. Yeah, I mean, you hope so. You hope so that it, something will happen with that. But it's just, uh, gosh, I, you know, I can't help but think about John DeLancey given his comments recently about, you know, there was a time in which it seemed like it could happen. And then the writer's strike happened. It's just it's. Just, um, I think it's kind of almost poetic in a way that Star Trek Picard has been plagued throughout its run by things that are out of its control. You know, uh, season three wouldn't have even happened the way it did had it not been for COVID kind of derailing season two and the original plans. That's 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 really actually that's a really interesting take that, that you know, there but for the grace of complete lack of grace, you know, um, and, you know, we were talking about this as well, like, you know, the fact that Picard season three. Picard season three looks like a mega budget blockbuster. Oh, yeah. And comparatively, if you compare it to Strange New Worlds, had a budget of a fiver. Really? Um, which is, yeah, it, now, okay, slightly more than that. But it was not an expensive show in terms of Star Trek. Right. Um, so, you know, because if you think about it, there was a lot of reused sets, um, a lot of very clever use of how they did, you know, everything, if you like. Um and to turn around and deliver what they did, which is one of the best series of Star Trek we've had in a long time, I think it's incredible. I'm really glad that it's getting this recognition. Um, and and just not to say, I mean, Strange New Worlds, so many nominations. Ethan Peck was up for supporting actor. Anson Mount was up for actor. Jess Bush and Celia Rose Gooding were both up for supporting actress as well. Um, obviously, Paul Wesley won Best Guest Star for James T. Kirk. Right. Um, like it was, it was a good showing on, on, a, on after a year where you had shows like Andor, which, you know, in fairness, was bloody great. Great show. I enjoyed Obi-Wan. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah, that'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, cool. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I feel less alone. Um, and you know, and of course then The Last of Us, which of course took home, uh, I think it was horror series, but this is, 
Patrick Stewart, who delivered, and I'm so glad he won, beat the internet's favorite person, Pedro Pascal, for lead actor in a series. And I think I'm so pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there was um, some expectation, at least on uh, my end of the world, that Patrick Stewart would finally um, get an Emmy for Picard. You know, it just kind of seems like there seems like there's always that award where it's their time to do it. And he was never given one during TNG. He was never given one. So it seemed like Picard's ending. He'll at least get a nomination, if nothing else, and then get the award. And, you know, doesn't happen that way. Not every fairy tale gets an ending that's happy. So. Delighted for and I like it's 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 funny me saying this. This is not in any way to denigrate the Saturn Awards. The Saturn Awards being a genre based award show, uh, it, it, for me that suggests that if you watched the show, you'd see it was completely deserving of all of this recognition. And I feel as it is true for so many genre pieces, they some of them just tend to slip through the cracks, um, which is that's the nature of. The, the business, uh, if you like. But for for those of us who live in the genre world, I'm, you know, I'm delighted that Picard took home, I think, that, like we can, we can say, the biggest gongs. Um, Stranger Worlds was right up there beside it. Uh, Lower Decks did get a shout out as well, which I'm delighted about. Uh, Stunned, the very short treks didn't get a nomination for anything. Uh, very, <laughs> very surprised by that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, uh, to your point about the Saturn Awards, it almost feels like they do have a more of an increased importance than these times because it isn't like most of the shows are some, you know, low budget TV kind of thing anymore. We're in an age where big budget sci fi. I mean, there are some real heavy hitters uh, in those categories that people spent millions and millions of dollars on. So, um, you know, if the professional Emmys is going to just, uh, keep tossing them aside and continuing to ignore them for anything but special effects, you know, maybe the Saturn awards is only going to get more popular and grow and get more respect amongst the genre. I really hope so. And to your point, it's all about, you know, love them or hate them or whatever, but the, particularly the star Wars and the Marvel series. Now, I, I haven't seen all of them, so I can't comment, but they're getting the budgets. They're getting, you know, and they're because of the nature of Disney being the behemoth that it is, you know, the, these things are being noticed. If that helps to, you know, bring up, forgive me for phrasing it like this, the profile of the Saturn Awards, uh, I would really like to see that. Um, you know, it's like the, you know, look, look at this show that's amazing it's won all of the awards and look at the cast and everything like oh yeah Grant yeah yeah is that the one with Scotty and the beam me ups <laughs> yeah the very same yeah which actually in fairness if we're talking about Strange New Worlds it is so yeah. uh, fair enough uh, um, there I, 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 there was no in seeing who was nominated versus who won I, I, I think it look it's fairly what I would have expected in terms of Anson Mount and Patrick Stewart both nominated for Best Actor I do think Patrick Stewart, uh, in particularly in perhaps in this year, I think Anselm is fabulous as Pike, um, right. and you know I I have no doubt that because we're going to at least get a season three, if not a season twelve or no six seasons in a movie, you know <laughs> I have no doubt that we're going to see Anson Mount will will take home gongs for this. Um, I think the one the two I was most happy about were Jonathan Frakes and Jerry Ryan. Yeah, I mean Jonathan Frakes, I wrote. Um, 
I think one of the first things I wrote about Picard season three after seeing it was that it was the best performance I've seen him give as the character. It was just um, as a fan of TNG, as someone who's watched him in the movies, it felt like I was watching truly more than any other thing. Um, him lived in the role. I felt like I'd seen Riker's age and I had seen that evolution in the character. Um, and a lot of that's credit to writing, but a lot of it's his performance to which I, I honestly made the thing. I was like, you know, to, for Jonathan Frakes to stand out as, you know, this guy deserves awards when most of his scenes are shared with Sir Patrick Stewart. I mean, that just speaks to what a phenomenal performance it was when you're noticing Jonathan Frakes, you know, beside Patrick Stewart. Oh, I love it. I mean, he delivered he delivered comedy. He delivered emotion. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, you know, uh, spoiler, I guess. But when they're standing there, you know, you know, me and Thad will see you soon. OK, so I'm just going to cry in the corner. Don't right. mind me. Yeah. Um, and he killed us all. Oh, geez. I was delighted as well to see Amanda Plummer getting at least a nomination for a guest. Oh, yeah. Because Vadik was bonkers brilliant. Um, yes, that was a very underappreciated performance. I think there were so many things that, and I not that say that people didn't love Amanda Plummer, but I felt like of all the things that people sung praises about once uh, the Vatic threat kind of fell off to the wayside towards the end, um, people just kind of slowly forgot that that was such a intriguing part of the season. For sure. Um, like I, you know, there's, there's, there's a version where we get a movie where Vatic is the body or, or something like that, you know, but I think, what a what a performance, and plus the whole you know poor Tavine, justice for Tavine. Um, but anyway, um, we can sit here and talk about the awards all day. I think amazing outcome, delighted. Um, we, we'll get into this a little bit, but it's like you're saying, legacy. We want it to happen. The only way it's ever going to happen, a bit like Michelle Hurd's comments, is like if we scream politely at Paramount long enough and loud enough. That's the only way this is going to happen. Um, particularly, uh, you mentioned as well the interview with Delancey, where you know, yeah, he's like, you know, there's just there's a chance it could have happened at some point, but now I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen anymore. And maybe, maybe in his defense, maybe he's just speaking more to the part with him coming back and a direct payoff of Jack Crusher and Q, because uh, Terry Metalis also said, you know this story can continue indefinitely. Star Trek is always a show where the characters continue. So even if it's a decade down the line and people are like, Hey, why don't we make that legacy show? You can always pick it up with seven of nine, you know, still being a captain and all those things. It just doesn't seem likely we're going to get that direct payoff with the Q and Jack thing rolling immediately from Picard into a Star Trek legacy type thing. I don't even mind if it's not Star Trek Picard season three, episode 11. You know, like 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 you say, do something, but let's do something with this world that we have now, I suppose, recreated. Because of course, it was, you know, the nature of reinvention. Um, which is not to say, and I really, I, I I'm going to get people are going to be so bored of me saying this. <laughs> I don't want Star Starfleet Academy to be binned. I no. don't want you know Section Thirty One to be binned. It all. is in everyone's best interest that all variations of Star Trek do really, really well. Right. Um, and if we don't do new things, we just stagnate. I've, I've like, yeah, yeah. So if this means we have to wait for a little while, we, we waited long enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? You yeah. know, 1994, Next Generation went off the air, you know. Um, 
So so that's fine. We don't need to rush in it because then you don't want to rush something and you get, oh, here's the pilot we wrote in a half an hour or, right. or something. You know, that's... Yeah. I mean, to your point, celebrate all the things that are Trek that deserve to be celebrated and on the way, because the last thing you want is a DC situation where people are watching movies that won't even matter roll out. I mean, there's nothing more depressing than that. Just trying not to give your support behind things. Yeah, yeah like no, no one wins when a house divided against itself cannot stand. <laughs> I think I get that reference. I should get that reference. Yes. <laughs> It's Lincoln. I honestly don't know. Um, I, I I don't know. But um, so as, as I said, legacy is in the wind. You know, it may or may not happen. We don't know. The only way we're going to know is keep hashtagging, keep keep it trending, and particularly now, keep it trending. Keep sharing articles. Keep engaging with you know, actors, creatives, everything. Um, you know, the, like while sometimes you could say. You know, sometimes you do these letter writing campaigns and nothing happens. I will counter with Star Trek Prodigy. Yeah. You know, um, so just we'll, we'll, we'll keep it going. Now, we have something else to discuss. An article written by a certain guest on this podcast. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mick, thank you so much particularly for being here this week because um, I want to discuss uh, your article for for Cinema Blend about William Shatner and his comments regarding AI. So first of all, would you like to set the scene for people listening? Right. Um, well, originally this came from comicbook.com. They did, he did an interview with them uh, ahead of Orlando MegaCon, which is a decently big event in the South. But uh, William Shatner is going to be there as he does and he likes to talk about all sorts of things. And uh, he was asked about... Uh, the whole AI thing in Hollywood, you know, how do you feel about that? William Shatner and William Shatner being the guy that has all the opinions that he has. He says, uh, I can't do a Shatner impression. Do you, do you <laughs> want to do the quote? Um, I got I want to get the exact wording. I have it here. Uh, da, 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 da. It's an interesting question. 
the strike was all about getting permission to do that. And so if I'm alive, I don't want AI to do that. But if I'm dead and they ask my family and they're going to pay my family very well to sound like me, I would advise them to say yes. <laughs> that's perfect. Absolutely perfect. You know, I, I, I feel like that's definitely classic, Kirk. I feel like more more William Shatner Martyrs be like, it's an interesting question of a strike I'm getting asked about permission to do that. <laughs> you know, he has that like kind of more gravelly tone. But um, yeah, no, he says, basically, if I'm alive, don't do it. But if I'm dead and you're going to pay my family well, all right. Yeah, I've given them permission to go that route. And at least my, my initial reaction is, yeah, 100%. I think, I, I think that's a, a perfect way of looking at it. Um, and that there's then there's the wider conversation of AI in general, and I, I we'll be talking about this for years to come because there's no putting. I'm I'm literally I'm, I only just talked about this recently, so I'm kind of parroting myself. There's no putting the genie back in the bottle. AI is here and it's here to stay, right? Uh, and it's about how do we use that? Uh, I would argue we don't do that by creating fake AI George Carlin comedy specials. Yeah, I mean, ugh, that thing was a can of worms because uh, I sat there and listened to it and I said, wow, this really sounds like George Carlin. And this really sounds like jokes he would make in the modern era. Um, and there's something really tempting about how cool that is. Uh, George Carlin's daughter was furious about it. She did not appreciate it at all. She was upset about it and felt it insulting. Um, but at the same time, you're just sitting there and you're like, wow, this if they could do this. What else can they do in the future? And it's something where, um, gosh, you know, you have that feeling where I want to be respectful and all the wishes up. But I also kind of want to see what other crazy things they can do. Um, I saw AI being used in uh, a Skyrim mod where they used an AI voice uh, to replicate the actors, but then also a learning algorithm where they could speak um, to the person and it would respond with how they thought the character would respond. And imagine playing a video game where, you know, the options are limitless and how long you can talk to somebody and about whatever. Um, that's actually really interesting because I, I guess so. I, I famously have as much experience with gaming as well. So doesn't have any, any experience with gaming. Uh, so <laughs> basically, the, the, the point I'm trying to make is that if it's not taking work away from people, then, you know, if it's not like, you know, replacing performances or putting actors out of work, um, I'm all for using it. It's a tool. You know, it's like, you know, you know, as if I'm ever hanging a photo, I'm not going to slap a nail with my hand. I'm going to use a hammer. I'm going to use a tool. You know, and if we could use AI in that way, then wonderful. If it's like, I'm going to make an entirely new show full of just completely AI performances and nothing else, then that's like, oh, Right. Okay. So we've just completely removed everyone from the conversation, and we'll, no actor will ever have work again. Right. Yeah. No. It's there's definitely a very complicated component component to it all because, and I feel like we're kind of at the precipice of where it could make that next big leap. And there's a part of me, yeah, I feel like the old fuddy duddy to turn my back, especially as a Star Trek fan. You know, as a Star Trek fan, turning your back on AI almost feels, and I mentioned this in my article, uh, who are we to judge when we sit there and have dreams about the holodeck? 
how do you think the holodeck came to be? How does Janeway talk to Leonardo da Vinci if there isn't some algorithm that is going through pages and pages upon his life and what all is known about him? And maybe it's not accurate because, you know, records weren't that great back then, but it's what people believe Leonardo da Vinci was uh, in that time. You know, the holodeck, I don't think, comes to be without major leaps in AI technology and imagining those things. I, and on that, I completely agree. Um, and, you know, this, I mean, this actually comes in the, uh, uh, the way this, the other bit of news that, you know, the Rodney Archive app is just launching on Apple Vision Pro. Mm. And, you know, we've right. got you know, other versions of the holodeck are sort of on the way. It might be, you know, I think it would be one of those things where just small step, small step, boom. And AI is going to be how we do that because recreating, Da Vinci's a great example. Uh, or as he's also known, Methuselah from the episode Requiem for Methuselah of the original series. Just written an article about it. Sorry, Flint. Right. Anyway, never mind. Um, but uh, I would. I I love the idea, and I I I I'm I'm a bit funny. Duddy's another good example. It's a bit like, yeah, but but I'm also scared. I think you're right to be scared. I mean, first off. We're talking about actors and actors understand what massive studios can come up with for ideas. You know, we talk about um, that Superman movie where a producer was really intent on making a giant spider the villain. Um, When you're an actor, you say you're Sir Patrick Stewart. Do you want to sign away your life rights to Paramount, who one day may be like, what if Jean-Luc Picard was in Dumb and Dumber 3? You know, it's just, you know, there's no shortage of bad ideas that come across. And when you're not the living actor to say, no, that's terrible. I won't do that. And it's more like, oh, we don't need your permission. We can just put you in this movie as a hologram and your ancestors have to live with whatever, whatever we decide to use you for. Yeah, I understand why that's a very spooky thing, especially if they're not going to get a dime out of it. Mm. There's the recent example, um, The Flash and Christopher Reeve. So, Mm -hmm. yes. You know, Chris Reeve, you know, makes a guest appearance in Flash. He does in his in his foot. You know, there is, a, you know, but it's a, it's it's but it's exactly this type of point because, um, you know, nobody was contacted in advance. You know, his family weren't told that he was going to be in it or they were going to use his image in it. Um, and it, it kind of it, it comes back to this as well. It's like, you know, well, yeah, there'll be a contract for Superman. We're like, yes, you are Superman and we can use your image. You know, we own the image um, and uh, we can do whatever we want with it to a lesser extent. Cause I know Nicholas Cage did come in and film for flash, but he had no control over the context of the scene. Right. I mean, he was like, I certainly wasn't fighting a giant spider. You know, that wasn't how it was pitched to me. Um, and then Superman lives sort of um, like, I think even, even with, you know, the, the agreement that came out of the writer strikes uh, about the use of AI, I think it's still very, confusing and i will admit myself to being very confused i am no authority on this whatsoever um i'm learning but turns out machine learning is faster than me i think Um, yeah no i think there's legitimate fears about it and i feel i feel for families of famous people actors passed on and such because um there's a different i think it's fans uh when a celebrity dies there's the fans and how they remember that person there's the personal element um and i think like okay yeah I see Christopher Reeves and AI and we're like, oh, this is a beautiful thing as fans and we love this. But if I were to think uh, suddenly it's not Christopher Reeves, it's my grandmother that was in The Flash and they show her. 
um, that's traumatizing for me. That's upsetting for me. But it was like, oh, it's your grandma. That's great. You know, we waited to see your grandma. We she was at a convention I was at, you know, just something like that, you know, it's, I understand that can be a traumatic thing to see a family member who's passed and you go through that grieving process. And then all of a sudden here they are supposedly alive on screen and moving around. Yeah. That's a traumatic thing to go through. I don't know. I think like, to be honest, I think, I think Shatner's buying on the money here that, you know, negotiates that, you know, the, the likeness, whether it's, owned in perpetuity by the estate and it's effectively rented out on a case by case now i can also see the studios going hard pass on that one right uh so or or some or or like that you know you get residuals for it same as you would for any appearance right you know you get residuals the the, the, the question being then how do you negotiate well i'm sure my dad probably wouldn't have wanted to be fighting a giant spider to which they can be like well, he should have taken that into account when these contracts were signed, shouldn't he? Right, right. Um, that's and that's where the that, that's where I think that's where my my hesitation, my confusion is. It's just like what may seem great right now. I I, I realize this is so like I don't know, Sean. Will you stop acting like you're in your nineties and you're terrified <laughs> by the team? Like, um, but this idea of the the abuse, if you like, of popularity, as you say, you know. Patrick Stewart is now suddenly playing Colin Firth's role in the first Kingsman film, doing that scene in the church. Right. Like that would be a thing to see. Not sure I want to see it, but it would be a thing to see. Um, or, 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 or anything like that. Um, I realize the poor man is not well, but Tom, do you have any thoughts on this? Hello. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I, I do have thoughts and you know, basically there's a lot of what you've both said and there's, reasons for in terms of the technical technological advances of of tools that we could use um that you know we don't want to take away from the human experience the thing is i have a very specific view on this type of thing i have lots of issues and i will sound like an old fuddy daddy i have lots of issues with a lot of new media how things are filmed now um where the money goes um the sort of the way that it, everything is very digital very clean um which i do not like i i i do not like the um the, what's the the big wall is it the ar wall that they use is that yeah, what it's called yeah right. yeah I, I have lots of issues with that um i hate deep fakes i th i think that the first 20 minutes of the new indiana jones film was an absolute surreal nightmare to watch um a side note, I watched the first Hellboy again the other day just out of curiosity to think, to see what my thoughts on this film that I haven't thought about for a long time is. The John Hurt character at the beginning, they use a different actor who is young and looks like John Hurt and sounds like John Hurt, and your brain goes, I know that's not John Hurt, but I, that's the same character, that's fine, move on. When I'm watching something that's like a weird deep fake, the whole time I'm thinking, well, this looks really strange. This is like a PlayStation 3 cutscene. Uh, I can't really focus on the story because all I'm doing is looking at the seam between where the pretend face starts and the real neck begins. So I think there's lots of problems and lots of issues in how things are made now and, and where the focus is on rather than sort of the creativity and, and the story. Um, and I think, you know, using AI is sort of an extension of that. How far can we take 
the sort of the CGI aspect um, and and expand on that to to make things cheaper, to make things easier. And I get the business is a money business, right? That and money is kind of a big issue at the moment. Um, and people are focusing on making things cheaper and making the most amount of money as they can. But it's detrimental. Detrimental. I'll use a different word. It's affecting. <laughs> <laughs> it's affecting the quality of the of the media that we're consuming. It's it's very obviously turning into something that is like a strange mess. And and I should say I'm not saying this being like CGI is bad. I'm just saying it's being used. I think, from my personal opinion, in in the wrong way than than how it should be used. It should be used as a way to, um, you know. Uh, as an example, fill in the background of something where, you know, before it was harder to do, blah, blah, blah. Um, so my worry is that it's, it's going to, it's going to take us further into that direction that I am, that I'm not interested in seeing. Um, I don't want to see a William Shatner, um, Kirk for the rest of my life. If if he's passed away, I want to see a different actor do the role or a different character or whatever. Um, and like I I I do have personal grievances with AI. I've lost work to AI before, um, as it's sort of in the last like five years it's taken over the art world and is and is is changing. You know, people are wanting to spend less on getting their product quicker than having a better product by someone who's human. And um, so, I, you know, I do have personal reasons to be annoyed with it. But at the same time, we can't just go, no, no more AI. We have to stop it now. That's not how the world works. It's not how it's going to happen. It's not how industry works. But I am scared that Terminator will become a reality and they'll destroy us all. So the Skynet overlords, for sure. I think yeah. you No, I think you definitely bring up a lot of great points, because I think one of the things I've applauded for Trek over the years is that they haven't gone the star wars route um uncanny valley is real the human is very great at spotting fakes and it's going to take a very long time to trick our instinctual thing to know something's not right even the best ai you sit there and you say okay i you know as humans we're built to be like this isn't real uh and keep pushing that more so than a recasting star trek has done great with recastings and i think that kind of brought up the elephant in the room when we speak specific to william shatner um you we have paul wesley right now so why are we talking about kirk and ai that's like that's true as well um and i maybe it's star trek specific that we have recast people time and time again because a lot of star trek as it's funny thing about this a lot of star trek happened at quite an early time in how technology has interacted with cinema um and and media like there literally just wasn't the option an awful lot of time to do anything other than recast um and you know so this is like star trek has evolved with this that's fine but like i like you know as you say we have paul wesley um i you know the, the, i still have a dream uh zoe saldana for example was recently interviewed and said you know she'd love to get the band back together again for star trek 4 um and again touch wood never say never but i think about things that have passed or mm. people who are, you know, sorry, ideas whose time has passed. But with Chris Pine, 
you know, like Chris Pine was, I think, the first example for me where I was like, oh, no, you can have someone else play this iconic character. You know, love or hate Shatner is iconic. James T. Kirk is an iconic character of Agreed. of uh, t- cinema and television. Uh, and then here comes Chris Pine. It's like, okay, all right. And again, here comes Paul Wesley. I'm like, okay, we're going to do this, you know. Um, then on the other side of all that, Star Trek itself teaches us that, you know, AI is not to be afraid of. The Doctor, you know, um, Data. <laughs> yeah. You know, yes, I, I, I do think that eventually, yeah, you know, a, a time will come where AI will have to make the choice of Judgment Day or work with these flesh bags. If, if you look at Star Trek, you know, the discussion of AI is happening in Star Trek. You know, there's episodes about what is data, um, you know, is there, should there be a point where data is a, it's treated as a human being or treated as a tool that is manufactured? Um, and then, yeah, there's there's loads of discussion around that topic. So even in the perfect future, we're still not sure. We're still not certain, you know, what these things mean. Yeah, no, I was just getting ready to say, um, to your point, there's very many instances I know for sure in Voyager when the doctor attempted to become more human or more uh, altering his subroutines where things went chaotically wrong in a t- terrible way. Uh, there was the one time he like almost murdered somebody. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of discussion about uh, in Star Trek about the whole thing of AI uh, when they created oh it's the name's escaping me the village that they used to go to the uh, Irish village and Voyager what's it called oh Fairhaven <laughs> oh yeah Fairhaven um, the discussion of s- shutting down Fairhaven or leaving it too long and are these real people have we left them alive you know too long and Moriarty and TNG this is something that's like frequently touched upon and it seems like in my just off the top of my head, it seems like Star Trek, they always reason with that. Ah, they're just programs, you know, maybe there's a little bit of conflict, but they're like, you have to remember they're just programs. They're not real people kind of thing. Yeah. Like for that's that's one thing that Star Trek, it really hammers home for a lot of the time. Like, ah, they're just a hologram. Just, and, and like Jamie will say that in front of the doctor, you know, be like, oh, they're just holograms. They don't have feelings. I was like, all right then, hokey dokey. You know, right. uh, and then you know, and there's actually there's an episode, there's a late episode of Voyager, uh, author, author, where it's a soft remake of Measure of a Man, but they skim over the idea of well, does does the Doctor count as a person or not? Um, they're like, oh, it's about uh, just the artist get rights. Okay, but can you define the artist? We are not doing that in this forty four minute episode. Okay, <laughs> we are not doing that. That's not what we're doing. Um, so yeah, poor holograms have always got the short shift. I yeah. think uh, in Trek. Um, I, I think if, if I can like, if I can sum up my my thoughts basically on on AI and specifically in creativity, I think there's a few things. One, it's it's just because you can doesn't mean you should. It's that classic thing when it comes to creating. Like sometimes restrictions is a good thing, um, and humans should come first um you know if if you're thinking you're going to replace background actors with ai because it's cheaper and easier you can do that but you're gonna that not only is that i think questionably moral um well morally questionable i should say um and is getting rid of people's you know 
jobs and careers. It's also, in my opinion, just making a poorer piece of work towards the end of it. Uh, because like you said, humans can detect when something is real or not. And I, and I think it is good if it's at all. And And by that, I mean, you know, we're not using AI to replace, let's say, a video editor. The video editor is using AI to make one piece of their work that is difficult and takes hours that they could just do much quicker by people. AI does that a bit, little bit. There you go. Move on. Help speed up the process. Help move, make the work better. That's when, for me, it, it, it makes sense. To um, really like own in on the like, just get as specific as possible. Why would you guys think William Shatner specifically has this viewpoint? Because in my thought, um, I think this is kind of a unique one. I think there are definitely actors who would say living or dead. Don't make me AI. I don't want AI. But William Shatner's like, eh, pay my family. I'll do it. And for me, <laughs> I was talking to Sean about this before we started recording. I think William Shatner is someone who we've seen in recent years. He is very much obsessed with legacy. He wants people. He talks about people for generations will remember James T. Kirk. I, who cares about what else is happening? James T. Kirk. I was James T. Kirk. I will live on forever kind of thing. And almost to the point where, you know, you're in your 90s, man. I mean, you know, it sounds like yeah. almost there's a paranoia about it. You know, you I think there's a fear of being forgotten. And, and in his mind, being AI is a way for him to live on forever, even if he's not technically living. Uh, we, we spoke about it last week on the podcast, but, you know, his character, his Kirk was killed. And then he went and wrote some books about how he's not actually killed. And he actually lived on blah, blah, blah. So, you know, he's obsessed with his Kirk not actually being dead and is living on. So, yeah, possibly it's just an ego thing. William Shatner, ego, I know, very strange, but um, it could be that. It could be, you know, you know, this is an easy way of making money for my family once I've passed on. That is a, that's a nice thing to do, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, he's an interesting man, so it's there's lots of possibilities that it could be. I, I think as well, basically just to, I suppose, add an extra sentence to that is that the man being in his 90s, which I think still surprises me sometimes, um, quite frankly, his mortality is going to be on his mind. Um, and this idea of, well, as you said, well, maybe I can you know leave uh, a, a legacy in terms of what I've left behind and a legacy in terms of looking after my family for however long, you know, um, which I, I totally, I, I totally understand that. Um, and I think it's, it's actors who have been in the game for as long as he has. I would be very interested to hear more like, you know, like what does Walter Koenig think? What does George Takei think? You know, um, and not <laughs> sounds awful. Not just because they're advanced in years, but just but they've done so many different experiences within this industry, um, and that would be that would be fascinating to get, you know, kind of more viewpoints there as well. Um, I know I can speak for when I interviewed Michael Dorn. I just brought up uh, recastings, not even AI, nothing to do with AI, but just recastings. I said, you know, Michael, the Trek has been recasting. People talk about TNG, you know, maybe a Kelvin TNG or maybe something like that. How would you feel about Worf, uh, you know, being recast? What would you feel about that? And he said, if I'm alive, 
He said, let me just put it this way. I better be dead. If they do it to us, okay. You know, I can, I think I can imagine how he would feel about AI best on that, based on that response. If I'm alive and there's work to give me, give me work. Don't be giving it to another actor. Yeah. That's my, that's my, that's my baby. Yeah. Actors don't like being replaced by other actors, let alone a computer. I can imagine that's quite upsetting. Uh, although that said, like if Meryl Streep said, I would like to play Worf, I'm watching that film. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's been like that modern family joke. It's like, you know, kind of like, you know, Meryl Streep was always the right answer. If she was cast as Batman, that would still be the correct casting. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, she can do anything. Um, also, uh, I, I guess, well, like, you know, Michael Bo- Michael Doran saying, I better be dead. No, that's not a challenge. Sorry, new <laughs> Star Trek majors. No, it's not like, you know, right, who do we hire to take care of Doran? The evil studio execs. Ah, uh, the plan is in place. I see he has told us how to proceed. Interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry. With a wall of just like rifles and animal heads or something behind this nameless executive who's like, <laughs> the game begins. Um, okay. Right. Um, interesting. Place that we've got to. Um, I suppose. Yeah. My own, my own summary of this is I, I think I, I think we're all on a similar page. It's going to happen. Um, let's not take work from, actors but let's work with actors in terms of preserving legacy um and you know i mean like i'm not again i'm not against recasting so i don't know i sooner go down the recasting route than thing although now here's my curveball it was excellent at the time but think of trials and tribulations from 1996 with the technology of 2024 and you could just have people just walking through episodes of the original series. I don't know. But I mean, it was pretty good in 1996. So just do it what they did then, I guess. Right. So uh, I believe we've solved the issue of AI uh, in this podcast. So well done, lads. Well yeah, done. Nothing, nothing more to discuss about it. I think we've pretty much just sent it off to the powers that be and they'll take our thoughts into so. consideration, proceed appropriately. It'll never be an issue again. That's it. That's done. Well done. Okay. I mean, world peace. Do you want to go? Um, we'll save that for next like, week. Uh, Tom. All right, Grant, next week. Cool. Yeah. So I'll, 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 I'll take that as the gentle, uh, I think we're done here. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Mick, I want to thank you so much for, because obviously, and it's first thing in the morning for you as terms of recording. So thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with us. Uh, we will, of course, link to your Cinema Blend article uh, in the description of this episode. And uh, do you have anything else exciting coming up for us, Mick? Um. <laughs> Uh, nothing that I can speak about, but I can tell you that there are so many more Star Trek interviews on the way, even one that might involve the subject in question. So, Ooh. Okay, that's cool. All right. Well, we will keep an eye out for that and we will share with our lovely audience. We thank both of you for listening, um, but you're awesome and wonderful. Uh, Mick, where do we find you? Uh, you go on Twitter at GeekyMick, two threes for the E's. So G-3-3-K-Y-M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Not really. Just uh, geeky. I was thinking. I didn't want to, I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, 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 no. That's where you find me on Twitter. And I post all my articles and stuff. I always share quite a bit of Trek culture stuff as well. You guys are great. We we share the same corporate family. So, we do. you know, you guys let me in your WhatsApp chat. And I've been so thrilled reading it even if it's early i wake up and i see some whatsapp messages and i'm like oh yeah look what, look what they're up to uh, and and we thank you for putting up with us because um, <laughs> if we've ever come across as like normal human beings online please know that's the lie <laughs>
<laughs> um, thank you so much. We're, we're so excited for that. And yes, absolutely. All things will be shared. Obviously, you can find us uh, on Twitter at Trek Culture. We're on Blue Sky and TikTok as well at Trek Culture. We're on Instagram at Trek Culture YT. Please make sure that you are liking, sharing, and subscribing to the videos as they come out because the more you do that, the more we can do this and bring you lovely people like me. You're awesome and wonderful. Um, thank you, Tom, as ever, for joining. Uh, I know you're a little under the weather this week, so please get well soon. Um, because God knows we're going to throw so much more work at you. So we're yeah. so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone, until we're talking to you again, look after yourselves and live long and prosper. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.